Coming up on today's episode of Membership and Subscription Growth. We have a set of shared beliefs. There is a, you know, there's certain things that people talk about. There's certain things we do. There's certain things that we don't do. There's certain ways a lot of us start our day. The cohort analysis, um, which is something we pay attention to every single month, you know, the people that joined in July of 2016, where is that group now? And the people that joined in November of 2016, where is, how many of that group is still with us? And so on. Um, we pay very close attention to those numbers. At one time, it was like, well, you know, if, if this is the place where you can come and get all the information, you know, then that's kind of what this is about. And uh, we've been much more about uh, reducing, streamlining, and, and getting people focused on this is just the very few things that, that you need to do. And like, I am saying to people more than ever, you know, it is not our intention that you consume everything that we put out. Welcome to today's episode of Membership and Subscription Growth. I'm your host, Robert Grove. I actually have a little special program for you today where the tables get turned. Instead of me interviewing a guest, I'm the one that's on the hot seat, and I'm being interviewed by Brian Todd and Perry Marshall of Perry Marshall and Associates. I recently did an interview with Perry for his new Renaissance Club members, and each month, Brian Todd and Perry Marshall interview a special guest for membership and uh, for their membership. And as you'll hear, I, uh, you know, this is a very revealing interview where uh, you know, Perry and Brian talk about the work that I've done with them and really the changes that they made in their membership as a result and the impact that those changes have had on their their revenue as you know and, and growth for their membership and subscription program. Some of the things that you'll hear in this program are how to transition from individual transactions to selling subscriptions, why memberships uh, you know with memberships what happens after they join is actually more important than the sale process itself what memberships do to transform a business from a series of one-night stands into a relationship that lasts, and how to create marketing once, use it over and over to generate new members, and the key benefits members eagerly want to keep them engaged and paying to generate monthly revenue for many years rather than just for a few weeks or months. If you like today's episode, give us a review on iTunes or and subscribe. Love to hear from you and learn more about how we can help you here with membership and subscription growth. Well, with that, I'll turn the interview over to Perry Marshall and Brian Todd. Hello, Planet Perry members. Welcome to Renaissance Club. And um, we, I know we got quite a few new members. And uh, if you're here for the first time, welcome. You've come to the right place. We have a special treat for you in the form of Mr. Robert Scrobe, who I've worked with very closely for several years now, and he's actually made uh, considerable contributions to our membership and our retention and acquisition of members and how we talk to members and how we play that whole game. And for those of you who need to retain customers uh, and not just in the strict membership subscription sense but even in a broader sense you know you want them interested you want them coming around you want them feeling like they're part of something you know even if they're just you know repeatedly buying stuff from your machine shop so so we're going to dig into that really quick here this handsome bloke that kind of looks like a philosopher poet here is our our uh, good friend Robert Scrobe. Now we we introduced you last month to Rob Berkeley, um, who who talked on the subject of moving from entrepreneur to CEO, and th that connection was how I first got to know Robert Scrobe. Perry's known Robert um, through other venues much longer than I have, but uh, it was a We've both been been through that uh, 
that, that process, if you will. And Robert has been of tremendous help to us here at Planet Perry. And uh, he's going to share the reasons why your membership doesn't grow and how to fix them. Robert, you hail from Florida State Seminole country, if I'm not mistaken, Tallahassee, Florida. And uh, um, it's great to have you on and great to have all the help that you've provided us. Well, thank you. And I think one of the uh, biggest things uh, that that maybe left out of my bio was that uh, I have been a new Renaissance Club member, uh, I think for five or six years, something like that, when uh, shortly after Perry launched it. And, uh, and I love the, my membership. And I think that uh, what I like the most is how you know, so many other organizations that I have paid attention to in the past is all about the next thing, the next little gadget, the next little tool, the next little you know tweak or the the next thing that you're supposed to do. And Perry you know, really simplifies all of that and focuses on the things that really matter which may not be a 2% optimization of your, your landing page, but may have a whole heck of a lot more uh, value on what, you, what, you, what your entrepreneur journey is and how you go about working with your people and, and how you see yourself in your company. And, and in addition to, uh, you know, he's wicked good at uh, a lot of the sales stuff. And I remember, um, it's probably about four years ago, he, just a little simple tweak uh, that, that he had more than doubled the conversion of a, a landing page that, or sales from a landing page that I had. So uh, I have uh, been a, a Perry fan and paid member uh, for for many years. And uh, and it's, you know, I, I can't go without my newsletter. In fact, I, I got it right here. And uh, I can't, I think I got it today. And I can't wait to uh, jump into it. Well, 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 thank you. Well, let me, let me do a little of my own introduction of Rob. Rob has tremendously increased the financial value of our membership. Um, we've been working with him on this for a couple of years, and um, he has reduced the holes, the leaks in our membership bucket by a measurable probably about 60 or 70 percent. In other words, they, people stay 60 or 70 percent longer now than they used to. And, um, and Rob's given us all kinds of little tweaks of how you do new member uh, onboarding, uh, how you do your messaging, how you uh, remind people of the value of the membership. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a it's a really important engine of our business. I know it is a lot of, it is, that is the case for a lot of you. And again, even if you don't run a explicitly subscription-based business, probably at least half, maybe two thirds of what Rob talks about will still apply to how you treat your recurring customers who just keep coming back to you. So Rob, uh, dive in. Let's like, let's get into it. I I think one of the key things that it would be cool to, uh, to really brief is why subscriptions are so important. I mean, so many businesses work all month to generate sales, to hit a revenue goal, and then the calendar flips over a page to the next month, and they've got to start at zero to hit a new goal. And then they either meet or exceed their monthly nut, uh, or they don't. Uh, and it's a monthly grind that just repeats itself month after month with monthly recurring <laughs> with monthly right. recurring revenue instead you start the month with pre-approved charges you get to make a deposit on day 1 and then any new members you accumulate during the month increases what you earn this month and each of the next months because this month's members get added to last month's members for next month's um, revenues. I mean, studies show that it's f five to seven times uh, cheaper to sell to an existing customer than to go get a, a new customer. And 
really, I, I this helped. Real Glazer helped really crystallize this for me when I was in a, a coaching meeting with him. And he said, you know, most business owners try to create a transaction to make a sale. Smart business owners figure out how to create a transaction that creates a series of sales. And, you know, membership, you know, and more, most importantly, I think membership is the 80-20 of business. And if you're able to you know, cut your costs you know, by because you're you know if you're cutting your costs by five because you're selling to your existing customers and you're able to increase your revenue by growing your membership, you are you have just drastically simplified uh, you know what you need to do in order to hit your revenue goals. Um, so I guess you want to talk through about maybe what the uh, the key thing is, the place to start on a membership program? Yes, uh, please let's do it. And, and yeah, I just want to underscore, you know, the, the amount of stress that you experience and the amount of stretch that you have to do at the end of the month or in the amount of flogging of salespeople or <laughs> pulling of rabbits out of hats or, you know, my, my, my boss used to, you know, about the 24th <laughs> of the month, he would start hanging around my office a lot. So Perry, you know, how's the Nachi Robotics account coming along? You know, um, mm -hmm. you know, when are they going to put in that order? And then, you know, they would play games with, well, you know, it's really shipping on the second of the month, but we're going to, we're going to put it in for this month. And then that just takes away from next month. And this is, this is what we're trying to fix. So, mm -hmm. so where is the starting point? Um, like there's a whole way of thinking about this. Mm, absolutely. For you. Uh, yeah, I, I am totally against slow membership growth and it absolutely burns me up to see a program flounder with stagnant membership numbers from month, month to month. Uh, while it's always nice to get monthly revenue, it's just dang discouraging unless those numbers, those members are engaged, they're referring their friends and the program is growing. And the, the leading cause of stagnant membership growth is a transactional membership model versus a transformational. And uh, one of my clients is Agora, uh, which is kind of the uh, billion dollar company that you know, nobody's heard of because you know, they're, they pretty much you know, only sell to their, their core market, their, customer, their customers, they use direct response marketing, and they're not doing advertising outside of their, their customers. So unless you're a professional copywriter or within their key target markets, you probably haven't heard of them. Uh, but even this billion dollar direct response marketing company that sells you know, find, you know, services to people who are looking to invest or health services, you know, uh, books on vitamins or alternative health or, or training materials and newsletters on financial planning or how to invest. Even they often in their sales materials will, you know, they'll get all the way through the, you know, the, the classic sales letter formula, problem, agitate, solution. And they will talk about the problem of investing and how you're falling behind inflation and how you know all the other investment tools are you know are really insufficient and how you know using professional you know, uh, folks to, to to guide you and professional advisors are really just stealing your money and you know how you really need to invest yourself and get the the information to get it and then they'll go and we've got this book and this book is going to do this and then we'll also include this newsletter and this newsletter will tell you that and then we'll have this special bonus free report that's going to reveal the three stocks you need to and it's all very transactional I got this thing, and if you give me your credit card number, I'll sell it to you. And and what what I've been working with them, and really every membership program that I uh, I get near, is instead what is the outcome that somebody is looking for when they are 
when they're looking in, a, in an Agora situation, they're looking to invest. You know, their typical customer is a former professional, now retired, uh, a year or, or less, uh, or they're come, approaching retirement. So you imagine this retired engineer who for his entire life has been providing for his family and generating the income for his wife and, and anybody around in his orbit. And now all of a sudden, he's not generating that income. And not only that, he's 67 years old and probably wouldn't be able to get a job if he wanted to. And, 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 and everything he has been for the last 40 years is gone. And he wants to be that provider. He wants to, he wants to make his wife happy for, by, by depositing money in that checking account. He wants to feel important again. And it, when you make your offer about those emotional reasons. So you know, whatever your offer is that you're trying to do, rather than focus on the thing that you're selling, instead sell the emotional outcome of implementing the thing that you're delivering and how the customer is going to feel when they have it implemented. And that it, that it all begins with that key. If you focus, if you begin the relationship on, I got this stuff and I'll give it to you as part of this membership, then you'll never have the relationship. You know, it's what I call, it's a series of one night stands. Uh, and we could probably call it something worse, but you know, it's, it's not a, a, a loving relationship that you can build on where you where where you're helping them accomplish these goals and dreams in their life and most of all it's not something that they feel like they belong to exactly like, i am a member of shouldn't just be a card that, you know that might be in your pocket or um a database that your name is on right it should, exactly. you, there should be a human sense of belonging to like just um, uh, earlier today, maybe an hour ago, somebody said, I love the planetary ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Like, well, yeah, you know, we've, we've got, we've got people selling their services to the community. We have people buying services from the community. We, you know, we have a whole culture. Mm -hmm. Um, we have a set of shared beliefs there is a you know there's certain things that people talk about there's certain things we do there's certain things that we don't do there's certain ways a lot of us start our day um there's ways there's questions that we all ask when we get into marketing situations there's mm -hmm. approaches that we have to wealth so so if that all sounds a little uh, intimidating to somebody how does a person start to build a little miniature culture. You know, I, I think whenever you uh, have these types of cultures, uh, what, what I've what I've been able to find is that there are there is this really core set of overriding values. Um, so, for instance, Apple, um, you know, Steve Jobs, one of the core tenets of of Apple under Jobs' reign was this design, a simplicity of design, and then also he would talk about feature creep and overwhelming the user. And it was interesting; like he made the fact that his phones did fewer things than the competitors' phones a feature that that Apple followers you know, went along with. You know, he actually positioned what would, you know, like ordinarily, if you've got, if you're comparing a car uh, that gets, you know, you go car shopping and one car gets 20 miles to a gallon and another car gets 25 you know, miles to a gallon, you'd think that the one that gets 25 is better. Well, in Apple speak, uh, according to Steve Jobs, you know, that's feature creep. And, but, but it, so the feature, so the, the, the core, that core th message is the, the values uh, are, are really are focused around one, you know, what you're able to deliver to, you know, what is it that gets the transformation 
on the part of your customer? Because what Steve Jobs was talking to was, well, people, one of the core problems of people using technology is that there's so many options, they don't know what to do. And by narrowing down the options to allow them to focus on what gets them the, the the result that they're looking for, that solves their problem, that you know creates this transformation, then you know then you know they need that many features and no more. Um, when I like I, I you know I guess I've been doing so much work for financial publishers here lately, I've really been you know up to my eyeballs in financial uh, you know tribes and gurus and you know Bogleheads is one Jack Bogle who the, the gentleman who created Vanguard you know created this following around these 10 tenets of Bogle investing and it just so happens if you follow those 10 tenets that the company that that provides the product that best fulfills that is Vanguard uh, and Vanguard is the has the largest uh, investments of any mutual fund. And not only that, every day more money goes into Vanguard mutual funds than any other. So it has the biggest market share and its market share is growing every day, uh, fueled uh, by a large extent by by Jack Bogle's essential tenants. Um, and you know, that's just really the power of of having this core, this uh, core mythology. Another uh, one is by Warren Buffett. The uh, what is it? Buffettology. Uh, there's a book, Buffettology, that talks about the ten uh, criteria that Warren Buffett uses in his investments. And you know, next month, um, you know, the, May sixth is going to be uh, War the Berkshire Hathaway gathering of investors in Omaha. And they're coming uh, to pay homage to uh, Buffettology. And, and I was talking with somebody, uh, one of my clients just today, and he is a Berkshire Hathaway um, the uh, investor. And one of the uh, Buffettology tenants is uh, low overhead. So he's actually going to get his, uh, his credentials to the event and wear his credentials while he watches the online stream of the Warren Buffett event. And you know, so you, you think about this, this is a mutual, this is, you know, Berkshire Hathaway at its core is a mutual fund where you send in your money and they invest it for you in a group of stocks and then you take it out when you need it and they give you earnings. And yet, because he's created this mythology around him of uh, what his values are and, 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 and focusing instead on, instead of this transaction of you send me your money and I'll invest it for you, of, hey, you're joining this culture and this tribe of people who believe in a certain way you know, now folks are perfectly willing to go and, you know, some of them will either wear their credentials and watch all Saturday in their house, or thousands are going to travel to Omaha of all places to, uh, to go to the event. It's, this is the power of having your core values. And this is one of the things that I know, Perry, we've spent a long time with, uh, you know, outlining the, you know, kind of core tenets of what Perry, Planet Perry folks uh, adhere to and what, you know, you're really by kind of capturing what you had taught and what people were repeating on your online forums over and over, and then a systematic way of really bringing new members up to speed on what those tenants are so that they have a sense and, uh, you know, really can, you know, one, it helps transform how they think about the problems they have, which helps them solve them quicker. And two, it helps them really embrace the culture that you're creating. So, you know, uh, Rob, it's, it, it is weird to me that people would go to Omaha when you can just skip Omaha and come straight to Lincoln, which is where I am. <laughs> but, um, you know, all, all of that aside. So, so, so let me ask this question for you, which is um, I'm an entrepreneur. I've got a functioning business. I know that it's the type of business that can and will benefit from a subscription or membership type thing, but I have nothing at the current moment in place mm -hmm. um, to do this. 
what are the first things I got to do? I assume there has to be some benefit that I deliver on a regular basis. Um, you know, it's, a, it's clear to the person buying and probably some kind of offer up front to get people in. How does, just talk me through how to get that process started. You know, what, with, uh, with new startups, you know, it's kind of, there, there's, there's a few little models that, uh, that, that I keep coming back to. Uh, one of the most common is that you, you, is, you, is, is selling your membership program with some sort of gift with purchase. Okay. So they, they're able to, uh, you, 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 you create some package or some transform, transformational information or tool or resource. I, I do a lot of work in SaaS companies uh, that are selling mm -hmm. some sort of software as a service online and you know there is a particular tool that they're delivering and um and i would you know whether you're a a software company or you are uh providing consulting or some sort of services if the, you know, if you take what you your process and your systems and you make that available for somebody uh as a tr as a transformation where you know they've got this problem and this tool, resource, or information is going to help them solve this problem and get this emotional payoff for it. Uh, um, you can offer that when they join your membership. And one of the key questions is, well, heck, if, if what I do is give them everything I know in the package or give them my core system in the package, what am I going to give them in the membership? And what, what, we've, what, what I focus the membership on, so the, to the information, is about the like the how, core how to it's kind of the tool and the in, the membership is about implementation helping them use the tool and you know some of the memberships may be you know uh you know 500 or 600 dollars a year and for those it's generally you know some kind of forum where they're interacting with members they're receiving information and maybe there'll be you know a call in call from time to time where they're able to to pose questions in a group format uh, for more expensive uh, training programs maybe uh, you know it, it's maybe you know, fifteen or twenty thousand dollars a year, they're able to come and interact and and uh, actually meet with other people and and really receive more uh, more direct feedback and input on their issues and challenges and be able to you know focus that implementation. But uh, so the so I put the training materials are more about and products are more about the. The tool and the how-to, and I try to make the membership all about implementation, and not so much the tools around implementation, but the thinking. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, one of the core things of eighty twenty uh, that I, my son, he's seventeen years old, graduating from uh, high school, and uh, now, as you mentioned, Brian, I'm from the land of Florida State. He's He's now chosen to go to University of Florida, uh, so I think I'm going to enter into counseling soon. Um, oh yeah, but um, but uh, nonetheless, um, he loves Perry Marshall's 80-20 marketing book, and um, one of the things that he keeps coming back to over and over is that pricing uh, formula where you're where. Uh, Perry could probably say this better than me, but 20% uh, of your customers are willing to pay five times as much. And the and you know, there is, before somebody is willing to ask some portion of their customers to pay five times as much, there's a whole mental recording that happens. And I know you guys hear it all the time uh, from from clients, my clients would never pay that, or my customers would never pay that. I, you know, they, they don't pay that around here. My people are broke. I don't have anything that would be worth that. I mean, there's this whole thing of mental reasons that have nothing to do with the math, that have everything to do with what's going on in the entrepreneur's head, and you make the membership about holding up and uh, these beliefs and breaking them down and replacing them with the new beliefs that are going to help them implement the tool. 
because heck, you know, if if everybody just implemented that chapter out of eighty twenty marketing, we would solve all of our problems. You know, every, all of our members, you know, of Planet Perry would they would have those problems solved. The challenge is, is there's a lot of stuff going on in their heads that present prevent them from actually maximizing that formula. And that's well, what so, the membership should be about. Got it. Well, and and the assumption. When we talk about, you know, that these are the reasons why the membership doesn't grow, bonehead observation on my part, the assumption is a membership should grow. It should be growing. And if it's not growing, then something's not right. Mm -hmm. Right. And but, but let me also interject memberships subscriptions are difficult to sell. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's just a Basic truth. So back to you. <laughs> well, go ahead, bro. So, so, um, so how do you, so tell me, Rob, how you help people work through those two, um, call what you call them conflicting realities mm -hmm. that, a, that a healthy membership can grow and should grow, but memberships, let's be honest, are hard to sell. Yeah, because um, I, I, if I tell you, Brian, I've got the solution to all of your problems and and I get you excited about that solution. And then I tell you that I'm going to dribble it out to you uh, in a little piece every month, each month over the next 12 to 24 months. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, that's nowhere near as exciting. Um, and yep. what we what we need to focus on is the, the 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 real transformation, and uh, at the I, I see so many times when I'm working with a with a membership where they're again the benefits are all focused around we're going to send you this newsletter and then we're going to give you this this tool and then you're going to have access to all this information, and the sales system needs to be focused on telling customers how we're going to help them solve their problems. Um, you know, they're, they're, and one of the key things is there has to be a, uh, a, a sales system. I mean, so many membership sites, they work on you know, creating the best site in the world, but they never spend enough time attracting new customers to it. They have to have lead attraction, lead conversion systems in place that are creating a steady flow of new members without the like man without the owner or without the management having to perform um you know they they don't they don't have they shouldn't have to do a webinar all the time to try to sell something they shouldn't have to do product launches in order to try to get new customers you have to have a sales process a system that you can scale with paid advertising in order to get that to work um you know the you know, uh, my clients Agora probably one of the best at this. You know, they're generating traffic from Facebook, from partner lists, banner advertising, even direct response rev, uh, radio to sales pages. And those sales pages and video sales letters are converting sales. One, they had last year one video sales letter uh, that was on. You know, it's a billion dollar company, so they've got a lot of video sales letters. But just one of them. You know, so this is like a video on a page generated eleven million dollars last year. Um, you know, and I think of how much work normal people do to generate eleven million dollars. This is a video on a web page, and you have to. You have to perfect these types of systems in your business. I know um, you certainly, if you have salespeople, you know, you don't, you know, Perry, uh, our friends, uh, Jimmy V and Travis Miller of Rich Dealer have a sales team that does outbound sales to generate new customers. But Jimmy and Travis are not on the phone generating customers. Uh, so whether you have a sales team or you're using video sales letters, you're, you, there has to be an automated process in place that is that is attracting leads. I call it the uh, wheel of attraction uh, because there's all these. You got to have paid advertising partnerships and you know the, all the social media content if you like, but all this process in order to generate leads and then a marketing funnel that is designed and optimized 
to convert those leads into customers on an ongoing basis. And your membership will not grow unless you have that sort of, you have some sort of program. Uh, memberships just do not grow without, without outbound outreach to bring in the unconverted and welcome them into the, the group. Perry, if you have comments, go ahead. Well, I just, uh, you know, when you when you start getting members on board, and uh, so you have a certain dropout rate, you have a certain sign-up rate, uh, you actually end up with a rather complicated equation that can get a little bewildering. And um, Rob, what do you what do you measure? What's what's actually important, and how do you Make sure that you know what your answers actually are. Yeah. Rob, can I can Go I ahead. can can I take what Perry said and, and word it from a different angle, and then you can decide which of us you want to answer. <laughs> sure. If, if, let's say I'm a I'm a business owner, and I just walk up to you at a seminar, and I'm like, I run X Y Z such and such a business. I've had a subscription membership model running for the last three years and it's been flatlined for the last two um hasn't grown a bit as many people leave as come in and that's all i tell you i'm like how can you help me rob um what are the questions you ask first now i hope that that actually goes along with what perry just asked you yeah, it's the same thing. And it's very similar to going into the doctor for a physical. And, uh -huh. you know, one of the things the doctor is going to want done is, you know, for the for blood to be drawn and sent off to, to the lab in order so that they can see what your your liver enzymes are doing and what your cholesterol is at. And there's there's like all these numbers that they look at. And right. based on those numbers, they're able to decide what what's going on in your business. And one of the, one of the numbers that, that I'm looking at is, uh, is when your members are quitting. Um, I, uh, and, and, and for, for really, if, if anybody has a memberships program and you want numbers, I'll be happy to help you. I've got, you know, articles, or I could probably even pull the reports for you, or Denise on my team. Uh, we could, you know, get get you these reports that I'm describing. But um, one of the key things are when members quit. So when if you if you start everybody at day zero and then chart on which day the all the members that you've had maybe over the last year or two quit you see and then you plot those on a graph uh, by month uh mm -hmm. you'll see you know these these where the bulges are in mm -hmm. membership drops uh most of the time especially if you're selling with a free trial offer you'll see a big surge at you know months two and three and then in that case then the game becomes all right, we got to flatten out that surge. And that's really all about onboarding and giving them a, a, a big win. And what I do after that, after I look at that surge and see where they are, um, where their members are quitting, is I also want to look at uh, their their longevity of their members and I was looking at today was my day to look at membership reports and I have a client who brought in a tremendous number of new members last year but then he's only got uh, he's, let's, let's to give it context he brought in about uh, about 500 new members last year um, and he had brought in about 250 the year before and about 150 the year before that but I look at his the number of members that he has for longer than 12 months, and it was only 45 members. And mm -hmm. to me, that was very disconcerting because uh, that's telling me that uh, it, you know he's got you know a lot of members, but the bulk of his members have only been around for a year. And so that tells me that he you know he's his members even though he's able to keep them in for the first 12 months they're getting bored and moving out after a year or so. Uh, I look at other programs and if we can keep them um, for if we can keep them the first 3 months 
then we've got them for we've got them for um, practically life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think of it as um, you know, Netflix has their has released their information, and and I love this report. This is the kind of geeky stuff I, I get into of when the, what they call their hook point. Uh, so you take a, a, a Netflix series such as Orange is the New Black, and they look at, at which episode does 70% of the viewers finish the entire series. And for Orange is the New Black, it's the third episode. So if they can get you to watch through the third episode, then 70% of those customers are going to get through to the end. So if they can instead move that from the third to the second episode um, by, by generating more uh, you know, emotional conflict between the characters, getting you to care about those characters more quickly, and getting you as a viewer involved, then they're going to be able to get you hooked longer. And that's exactly what we're trying to do within our membership is move that retention point earlier. Um, so I'm looking at, um, to, to help answer your question, it's uh, when people are quitting. I'm looking at a graph of when they are, um, you know, how long members have been in. If I, see, if I see a huge spike of dropouts in the first couple of months, but I see a very large number of members that have been members for 12 months or longer, then I'm thinking, oh, all, I, all we got to do is get, the, get them through the first few months, and then we've got them. So we don't need to change the monthly membership. We just need to change the onboarding. If instead I see that we don't have a lot of members on for longer than 12 months, then then folks are getting bored and dropping out, which means I need to make some significant changes to what we're delivering on a monthly basis because it's not keeping them engaged and excited about what we have going on. The other thing that I'm looking at is, uh, in particular, uh, as we're progressing through a project is a what's called a cohort analysis. And what that does is it measures the those numbers that I just described over time so we can see like the members that we've generated in january of this year how those retention rates compare to the number to the members that we got january a year ago and each month in between and try to see if if we're improving retention or if the changes that we're making are not rep- improving it retention. Uh, so those are those are the real core. Uh, then the other thing um, is uh, the 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 average lifetime value of your member for mm-hmm. uh, membership, and then also I want to see your average lifetime value of your member of other products that they're buying, and see if e- while they're there, while they're a member. If, if we can impact your lifetime value by in, introducing structured upsells into the process. So I know that's you know, a lot, but those are the kinds of things that I'm looking at. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you've worked with us, those ring very familiar bells. <laughs> um, in fact, we got your report this morning um, via email because that's what you said you were doing today. Um, and... And, you know, so what jumps out at me in your comments was um, the cohort analysis, um, which is something we pay attention to every single month. You know, the people that joined in July of 2016, where is that group now? Mm-hmm. And the people that joined in November of 2016, where is how many of that group is still with us? And so on. Um, we pay very close attention to those numbers. And you have drawn our attention repeatedly to those numbers. Um, there was, I don't even remember what it was, but there was there was something we did. It may have been part of the sales process or part of the onboarding process um, that you called out to us that when we, when we introduced this, it was a year ago, a year and a half ago, um, it increased the, uh, the, the member value or the lifetime value by some significant sum. Mm-hmm. And it was a really good win for us um, to, to see that happen. And it, you know, all this kind of drives home the point. There are a lot of numbers in a business to look at Mm. and a lot of different things you can optimize for. Um, but sooner or later, you're going to find yourself centering on one or two or three or four 
really key metrics that you're going to watch again and again, month in and month out, or year in and year out, depending on the membership. Um, and, and go and ahead. Brian, and Brian, what excites me and keeps me going um, about all this, why why I love what I do, is you, know, you, you hear so many people who talk about, oh, we're going to help you get recurring revenue. People don't even pay attention after they sign up. And there's all these zombie members that pay and pay, and that's going to generate a bunch of revenue because they're not even paying attention. I hate that crap. And the reason why your program is growing and your member value is growing, and I know, especially to you, Brian, that it, it I mean, generating increased member value and the dollars is massively important, and I absolutely respect that. And and really, that's that's what I that's my commitment to you is to to do that. The reason I'm doing it is because, uh, and the reason why that member value went up is because uh, Perry and Marshall and Associates became more valuable to its members, mm -hmm. and and the members are retaining at a much higher rate. We've created a program that they're getting better results out of and more transformations. And that's why we're seeing the increase in membership is because we're freaking changing lives here. And we're taking people who are overwhelmed, don't know where to go. They get all these crap thrown at them and we're helping them calm the noise and figure out what's important and apply these principles in their life. And that's what it, that's what makes me so excited. I know that's not in my report because you yeah. know, we're focusing on your your numbers, but sure. damn, that, that's that's what that's why I love uh, working with you guys is because we're it, you know that those numbers are really a reflection of the contribution you're making to your members. So um, something you mentioned almost in passing was looking at your onboarding process mm -hmm. and. You and Perry and I have had a lot of conversations about the onboarding process. And very often that's one of the major pieces or elements or cranks you can turn that will make a big difference. Can you give us kind of a summary of what, in your view, is a good onboarding process and what is a sign of a failing onboarding process? You know, the, 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 there's a couple of key things that I'm, that I'm trying to look for. Um, you know, so the, the biggest mistake that I see uh, folks make is when somebody buys, they're like, here's your stuff. This is where you download this, and this is where you download that, and this is you know, where you can get this piece of information. Uh, folks don't know where to start or what's important. And if you, if you know, on these membership sites where there's all these tools and resources, they're wonderful because there's amazing stuff there. But it's kind of like you know, if I had Ron Legrand here um, uh, as a as a client, and I, you know, he didn't go to college, but he had one of his kids go to college, and I, you know, kind of explained. I said. You know, if going to college meant you drove in your car and you went and you parked in the parking lot and you looked at the buildings and it said mathematics or it said English and it says science. And then you walked into one of those buildings and then you went through the room and you looked eat room to room and you saw the little labels of what they were teaching. And then you went in one of the rooms and you sat down. And when you got bored, you got out of that room and you went to the next room. If if the if if college was that nothing would ever happen there'd be no college there'd nobody be graduating and so many of uh, uh membership sites and membership programs are designed like that we have all these resources go find what's useful to you and the real key is just like college is to have a curriculum here's the outcome you want this is the process that we're going to help you uh, go through in order to uh, to do it. And just like in college, the, you know, the professor is really on the hook. You know, it's his responsibility to help you and give you information. It's, you know, it's, it's really more of a, um, a learning environment rather than just a, you know, a, a dumping of tools environment. And, and that's, that, you know, we want to think of our onboarding like that. So what is the outcome that we want? And then let's create a curriculum that's going to help you achieve it. And the curriculum should include a fast win, 
um, because you know giving somebody a you know starting them from the beginning and saying we're going to teach you all this stuff we're going to lose their attention before they get anywhere and what we want to do is help them find a a magic uh, benefit a experience some quick victory uh, by implementing something and it could even be small and I can give you a few examples of that but um, having some quick victory and then addressing also the the mental hang-ups that they could have in implementing the program because uh, th those are the biggest reasons why folks are just grabbing and dashing uh, you know the people who you know, I hate grabbing dashers where they just come in they join they download everything and then they quit and they leave and the the biggest mental hang-up with the grab and dashers are they just don't believe that it's possible for them to do it and they, they they're just like you know they're they're trying to outwit you with this transaction versus you know building this relationship where oh wow these people care this is what this is what i got to do to succeed helping them see their problem in a different way so onboarding is all about that curriculum what is the transformation that we promised within the sales material? And then how are we going to give them a quick win and the beliefs, the values, the mindset that they need in order to get to where we told we were promised in our sales materials to get that transformation? Got it. Well, so um, to switch gears just a little bit, and that was a, that was a good answer, by the way. Thank you. Um, that particularly the the note about the big win or or the early the early gotcha or whatever that makes them say wow this is really valuable um the renee um asks the question says i'm in a service business doing plumbing and heating um how would i implement what you're sharing here so, so my some of some of the where i would head and i can make make this specific to Renee as well as you know kind of help anyone's answer uh, to this question is you know what are the problems that your customer has in this case I'm going to assume that you're doing residential uh, but if you're doing commercial and dealing with contractors then that's a different sort of problem but if you're doing uh, residential plumbing then you're dealing with homeowners and they need yeah, they, they don't know, they, they got these problems, maintenance issues, they don't know who to call, um, they you know, don't know what types of problems they might get, they, it, there's a huge inconvenience factor, um, and there's also a trust. One, trusting that the, that the fix gets done right the first time, because there's nothing more irritating than having to you know, meet, it's not necessarily the cost, but it's having to meet the plumber a second time in order right. or to get the job done. Uh, but, you know, it's, and then the fear and anxiety of having someone else in your home. Um, you know, is this, you know, I trust them? Are they, you know, are they criminals? Or, you know, who are these people that are coming into my home? Um, so, you know, I would really, focus on all of the mindset issues of your customer, their fears, their questions, their problems that they're making, the mistakes they make without knowing it that may cause these plumbing issues, and and, and work to put together maybe a package, an annual, uh, annual membership that includes uh, perhaps everything that they would need in a year. At, at, at one level, uh, you know, you pay this and anything you need, we'll take care of, you know, mm -hmm. on this list or mm -hmm. another level of membership where maybe they're a member of the, your club and that gets them an annual visit where you review all of their plumbing systems and maybe, you know, clean out the pipes and, you know, do different things that help do preventative maintenance, uh, which probably eliminates the need for you ever to come back. And then you also do inspections to make sure that, you know, that everything looks like it's tight and, and orderly, or maybe even just tighten it all. I don't know. But we come up with some sort of annual visit that has an annual fee um, and then you give them a special discount along together with a monthly newsletter and, uh, and, and build a community around that. Um, 
that that would be my first guess. But the the real core belief and understanding of 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 the answer is focusing on the customer, their emotional state, their problems, their fears, and the mistakes that they are making, and build your membership to help solve that and eliminate their anxiety, angst, concern, so that it's ah. Uh, I don't need that. I don't have those types of problems because I've got Renee on my team. Right. Well, that's good. And, and you know, when you talk about the onboarding process, the onboarding process for a plumbing and heating business is going to look very different um, for from an onboarding process for, you know, information and coaching business for entrepreneurs such as we are. Um, yeah. But there's going to be some kind of delivery clear presentation of value and benefits in a way that's sequential and not overwhelming and some kind of early delivery of some kind of big win mm -hmm. or big benefit or something that people go, aha, this is a, this membership's really worth it. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It, whether it's a discount or, um, it, or, you know, like when you were talking about the values, uh, so in a plumbing business, I'm just making this up. I don't know that this is real, but you could have values around, you know, you know, we believe that, you know, most most plumbing accidents and disasters could be prevented uh, mm -hmm. by doing some simple maintenance in advance. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, you know, and have like a list of that. Just simply, it's all you know, essentially the car, you know, auto service centers do this with your car. You know, there's a list of things that they inspect and, Really, what they're doing is looking for things that are wrong that are um, that they can sell you to repair, but they flip it around to build it as a value. I would be looking to create some tool like that with the plumbing and have this checklist, just like they have on the car, of the electrical system and the cooling system. You have like you know master bathroom, guest bathroom. Mm -hmm kitchen, laundry room, and there's a checklist of all the stuff that you do, and that's an annual visit. Um, you, you're able to cap, cap, catch things before they break and create a big problem, and that customer has the peace of mind that they don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. So, Rob, that's really helpful. Perry, I'll, I'll put a question to you, which is, in the couple of years that we've been working with Rob, what have what have been the some of the things that have really jumped out at you in terms of lessons we've learned about uh, why membership well, doesn't grow or how membership does grow and what your experience has been? We've made a big mental shift where, um, you know, at one time it was like, well, you know, if if this is the place where you can come and get all the information, you know, then that's kind of what this is about and. Uh, we've been much more about uh, reducing, streamlining, and and getting people focused on this is just the very few things that, that you need to do. And like, I am saying to people more than ever, you know, it is not our intention that you consume everything that we put out, um, and nor should you feel guilty if you don't. The point is, is that we... We try to tell you as much as you need to know so you know what to tune into, what to listen to, what to use, what to consume, and you can skip all the rest. And frankly, if you use three to 5% of it, you'll probably get your membership money back five or 10X or, or maybe more. Um, and uh, I mean, I remember a, a conversation, uh, it, it was about, hey, you know, I think our membership is like, uh, it's like walking in somebody's house and somebody says, hey, you know, help yourself to the refrigerator, <laughs> you know, instead of somebody coming, you know, and, and bringing you a cup of tea and, uh, and a slice of banana bread. Um, and we're a lot more about the slice of banana bread. Uh, and Rob's definitely focused on that. Also, I'll just add, like our numbers, the, the numbers of like sorting all this out can be bewildering. And every month Rob sends us this really lovely little report. And it's got this chart of, so all the people that joined last August, well, you know, here's, here's how they're sticking. And all the people that joined in September, here's how they're sticking. 
And we can just see so much clearly when there's a problem or what needs to be improved. And the numbers have, have improved a lot. And if you do, if you do the math on a leaky bucket, um, a little bit less leak is a whole lot more money. Uh, people usually don't realize how big of a deal that is, but it, it is really big. It's a big lever. It's an 80-20 for sure. That's awesome. Well, so I know we need to wrap here. Um, Rob, is there any last little thing or Brian, a last little question that we should uh, grab before we sign off and send everybody to their afternoon? So Natalie asked a question that I may have, I may ask Natalie to clarify, but it was, can you give an example for an informational membership like yours, like Planet Perry's, that would not be a discount? Now I'm going to interpret the question and say, what, what would be other things you can offer besides just a discount on services over the course of a year, um, particularly when it's more of an informational business rather than a service business? Although the service business example was a really good one, by the way. Yeah, it was. Um, so I, I I also don't like offering discounts. Uh, mm. So uh, anytime there, anytime you're having a challenge getting folks to care or to buy, uh, it really has very little to do with the price and everything to do with the emotional uh, outcome, emotional impact of your sales process. So uh, looking at, you know, are you, uh, are you really talking about your customers' problems that they care about? Uh, are, are, you, uh, are they really looking at these problems and going, yes, this is, I, I, I share this. And are you irritating those problems, showing the implications of what they're doing, how those things are impacting their life, and then showing them that, hey, there is a much better way that you don't have to face these problems, but instead, uh, I, I, there's a solution that many others have done as well. And that is the key, is this emotional payoff for buying your stuff is much more compelling than, oh, I can buy the book for 25% off of what your book is sold normally. I don't, I mean, your customers don't want another book. They don't want another seminar. They don't want another webinar. They don't want another email. What they want is a transformation to be able to solve a problem in their life, to be able to live better, to be able to have fewer worries, less anxiety. And that's what you have to deliver within your program and show them how they can live without anxiety, how they can accomplish their goals more easily, how they can have fewer aggravations and annoyances and live their lives uh, in peace. That's what your sales message and your products have to be about. That's very good. And it's it's been a good journey with you, Rob, as we've been learning this process with ourselves and our customers and we're traveling up the learning curve. Um, and I know many of our customers are as well. Perry, anything you want to add the uh, cherry on top before we wrap up our time with Rob today? Well, if you don't have a membership or continuity component of your business, you want to strongly consider it. If you, if, if that's not really possible um, in your model, which is rarely the case, uh, you, you should still think in, in terms of, you know, does this person feel like they're a member of something or not? And if you have a membership, um, your retention rate uh, is a huge key. And if, if you have a high retention rate and your bucket's not leaky, then that means you have a, a growing asset and your business is way more fun and less stressful. So, like, we can certainly vouch for that. Memberships are Yep. probably about half of, of our income and the various forms that we sell them. Um, and that just makes our life a whole lot easier. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Membership and Subscription Growth. This is a fun interview that I did with Brian Todd and Perry Marshall. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, give me a review on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. 
next episode of Membership and Subscription Growth is going to be with James Erickson. Uh, James is with Stridebox, and we're going to talk a lot about his business and kind of insight into the subscription box industry because of it. We're going to talk about his Stridebox uh, member acquisition platform, how you can increase customer value by working with these uh, folks that, that are passionate about running you know, stride boxes for runners. And uh, we're also going to talk about uh, you know, ha- really what he has coming up in his business, how he created Stridebox, worked through all the, the logistical challenges of, of getting the, 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 the program, his business launched, and also you know, the, you know, what he does in his box, which is really unique at this, but what he does in order to generate a response back from the subscribers so that there's a feedback loop. So it's not just sending them stuff and, uh, and hoping that they enjoy it, but instead getting a, a, a feedback going so that he can understand and know what they love and also uh, reward them for it. All that and more on your next episode of Membership and Subscription Growth. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week with James Erickson of Stridebox.